You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I'm going stateside. I'm going to the other side of the states. I'm going to the sunny California. And I'm speaking with a... A really, really talented artist. His name is Tyler Ray. Hi, Tyler. Hey, how's it going, Dom? Thank you. How are you doing? Like, what what is life at the moment for you? Life is pretty good, man. I just, I mean, six hours ago, my my new single just came out. So I would venture to say life is, is going pretty good, man. I'm excited. Absolutely fantastic. Now, your new single is called All Aboard. It is. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, even just the very first second where you listen to the harmonica do that like train noise, it is <laughs> brilliant. Kind of a kick in the nuts, huh? It's it's really kind of a kick in the nuts. Like when you're writing a song like All Aboard, I know the major the the song itself is basically about being a musician and getting into the life of a musician and the amount of stress and hassle that basically there is. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's a lot of layers to the song, so I'm glad we're talking about it because I've definitely got more than than enough to say about it. Now, but yes, you generally are correct. Now, later on in the song, it references like taking certain things to feeling certain ways, and you know, some things make you feel high, some things make you feel low, some things, you know, it, what. What things are you? Because t- you don't actually exactly say what you're taking. What are you taking? Is it a metaphorical thing, or is it, is it something like drugs, or is it, you know, is it just the whole going about a life? You know, is it what is it? Yeah, um, I think I think to really get a good grasp on on what I'm exactly talking about, you you kind of have to go back to 2016, and that's that I, I wrote the song in 2016 in September while I was standing in a um, like kind of a, a travel trailer out in the middle of nowhere in uh, Michigan. And I essentially, I mean, the, as, as a legend would have it, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was, I had just driven 2,500 miles and I had just played a show in uh, the small biker bar in Midland. And um, I was I was taking a sleeping pill and I was kind of washing it down with a monster while my uh, opiate buzz was starting to wear off. And I was just looking at myself in the mirror and I was just <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, how long can you keep this up for? And you know, and that's, I mean, it, that's the truth, really. Um, I, I have a long, long history without jumping straight into it. Of, like, I've, I have a long medical history. So I have Crohn's disease and um, I've had reconstructive bowel surgery. I have had hip surgery. Like I have, I have osteoporosis and um, rheumatoid arthritis. And so I was taking pain pills for a long time and then I've just had depression and anxiety my whole life. So I was taking 
over uh, benzos and then i was just drinking and it's just this like whirlwind of i gotta take this to stay awake i gotta take this to fall asleep i gotta take this to feel better about taking those you know like this is a really vicious cycle that i that i found myself in it must be so difficult you know particularly when we go back to say 2016 and having to you know, without going too much into it yet, you know, to almost rely on that kind of thing, because I, I suffer myself, you know, not with as much as what you've got, you know, with the Crohn's or rheumatoid arthritis, sure. you know, it's, I suffer with anxiety, I suffer with depression, I, I, I've suffered with insomnia, and I'm also sure, yeah. a workaholic, so I'm always working of course, yeah. without any sleep, so, you know, it's, you in the end, you just you, you convince yourself that you got to keep pushing through, and you do whatever you do to take you know to keep going through it. And like you said, yeah. you know, with like taking the sleeping pills with Monster, you know, two almost kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, one mm-hmm. keeps you awake, one goes makes you go to sleep, and it it can be mentally exhausting. Yeah, just yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It must it must be almost when you sit back now and you're creating great songs, you know, when you actually get around to releasing songs like All Aboard after writing it, you know, for having hold of it for so long, it must be a weight off the shoulders, you know, a kind of a release to say, okay, then that's that's the past and this is where I want to go with my life now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I cut a demo of this song probably about five years ago, and it's just been kind of kicking around in my head and in, you know, discussions about what to do with it. And when I pitched it um, to my team a couple months back, I kind of just said, hey, you know, this this song has taken on a new life for me um recently and i really wanted to bring it back to life and kind of share it because i felt like now i was in a unique position um because it kind of resurfaced for me and that's that's really the other half of this story and something that i until literally right this minute with you i have not spoken publicly about um what's been going on with me in the past 18 months or so yeah um but just like the the gist of it and we can definitely dig down into it but the basics are i mean the world's been a crazy place for everybody i'm not i I don't want to take that away from anybody um but i think for me specifically i am i was in a different place 18 months ago where yeah i mean figuratively speaking i found myself like standing right there in that trailer again looking in the mirror and I was just, <laughs> I was struggling, man. And my uh, having, you know, like we talked about, you know, depression, anxiety. Um, I essentially was, I was, I was trying to get my medications in order. And it was this horrible combination that, I mean, everybody, I feel like for the most part, people recognize the, dangers of opiates and benzos and alcohol and psych medication and like this horrible hurricane of 
uh, choices. And I was just like really at my wits end, man, like to be full disclosure. I mean, this is a little dark, but, but it's also the truth. Um, I found myself hospitalized uh, and on suicide watch. Yeah. So I, I found myself in a really, really dark place. And um, like I said, we can go into details on, on whatever you want, but essentially I, I got out of the hospital and then I was like, okay, I like, I just got to pull myself together and I'll be fine. And then I found myself in a, I totaled my forerunner on the freeway and I like, I don't know, man, the, the accident was really bad. I was doing like 75, 80 on the freeway and it's the, uh, forerunner is completely totaled. And I walked away like without a scratch and I was like, wow. oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, it was, it was wild, man. And I was just like, okay, you know, I'm, there's a reason I'm still sticking around and, and I'm fine. Like I can pull myself together. And then a couple of days later, I ended up back in the hospital just again on uh, suicide watch. And this time, they they approached me and kind of just said hey look like uh we think you need help like we think you need to go essentially live at a um like a recovery facility for a while and i had to think really long and hard about if i wanted to do that and i ended up going and oh my gosh man like as much as i hated it it was really amazing for me because leaving I left with and I was having weird problems with my insurance and my my psychiatrist and like different doctors and nobody was really believing me when I was telling them about what how I was feeling yeah and uh, um and so yeah I mean that's kind of it you know I left with a, a new psychiatrist who I've had since then and it's been great um I had a new therapist and like a new outlook and actually today I have 356 days off of uh benzos and opiates and it was just a it's been crazy man like i started going back to the gym and it's just been life-changing and i think that's one of the reasons why i repitched the song to my team and i was like look like you know i wrote this a long time ago but it's got a lot of truth to what's going on right now and my my mentality for it was like I'm going to do whatever it takes to not let that experience go to waste. And like, I don't know, man, I just like, I'll be damned if I let that experience go to waste. Totally. It's got to be worth something. And I think that's this uh, song has really given me a platform to kind of talk to people over that. that and, and given in all fairness, the song doesn't end like verse three is me being like, all right, now go see a therapist and get your life together. Like, <laughs> that's not verse three. I mean, I, that's kind of a personal choice that that I made, but I feel like with, with the, the, that background knowledge, people can definitely hear the song and kind of see where I'm coming from. You know, oh, totally. I mean, it goes back to, you know, the very first, you know, statement I made about how the song is, you know, in terms of like the journey you take as a musician. It's not just the journey that you take as a musician now, you know, after hearing that story. It's about journey yeah. you take through life, you know, for everybody that's, you know, feeling, you know, particularly in that way, because there's so many, there's been recent things on the TV here in the UK about the, because uh, we have the National Health Service and there's for so sure. many people that haven't been seen because of the pandemic, because of the amount of beds that have been taken up in because of COVID 
and the amount of people yeah. that have uh, unfortunately passed away um, because they haven't been seen to for things like cancer or injuries and there's so many people out there that are in pain because of the fact that there's this big thing that's going through the world right now and a lot of people forget that you, there is this big thing that's affecting everybody but everybody's got their own journeys that they're struggling with as it is and for you to still be here you know 300 odd days clean you you yeah. you're back you, you know you can you you're with it you've you've got your head switched on and you see what you want i can tell by your music that you you're driven and it is great to yeah, see yeah. and it, it's a shame when you've got issues with like the psychiatrists and the doctors that almost like they don't believe in what you're saying that adds to the extra pressure as well sure. it's it, it, yeah, it's, it yeah. can be torturous it can be man it it definitely can be and i think that's one of the main things that i wanted to get at with um kind of sharing the story because it's i mean obviously it's a very personal story but um i think more people can relate to it than <laughs> than i wish true you know yeah I, I think a lot of people can relate to that in in their own personal ways especially with everything going on in the state of the world right now like like you said you know i feel like there's there's a lot to go around there and there's you know there's also a, a music aspect that i didn't like barrel into but you, you're right essentially when it comes down to it's it's also about the music industry I, and i feel like that's pretty crystal clear and and cut in the lyrics that it, it is a ruthless industry man like whether you're at the very top or at the very bottom it's just very unforgiving and it's exhausting and you pour so much into it and often get so little back as an artist yeah um, that it's it's this weird phenomenon for me that like you, you just can't quit music either like if it's really in your blood and if it's really something that is like true to who you are as a person like I walked away from music a lot of times in my life over the past God, 12, 13 years. Like it just always comes back to haunt me. And I think that was like the train metaphor for me mm -hmm. is that like the music life, the music business is just this train that like you cannot get off of, you know, like it will yeah. always hunt you down and kick your ass. I, that's like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, man, but no, I think that's a definitely. combination of that, you know? Definitely, definitely. I mean, you kind of sum it up as well in the first, I think it was the first verse in your song All Aboard about, you know, people telling you to do thousands of gigs. You know, you go where you go, you know, to make the money. And it, sure, sure. Yeah, that's the end. That's the last verse. Last that's, verse. That's the very end. Yeah. Where, where it kind of say they'll paint that picture of, of promise, you know? It, it, it's. You know, like you say, you know, being whether you're an established artist or whether you're up and coming, it doesn't matter. You know, end of the day, you're there to try and promote your music and you'll take opportunities where you can. And sometimes it can be just so much and so, so tired, not tiresome, but exhausting, you know, because you, oh, yeah. you can have opportunities coming from your left, right and center. And people telling you to do this, telling you to do that, telling you to do whatever. 
And it sometimes takes away from the magic of the music, you know, the whole purpose as to why you go out and write songs. And listening to songs like All Aboard, which you can relate to so personally, and listen to someone else's story at the same time, you know, it, it's great to hear. And it is a genuinely great, great song, as well as Kissing in the Kitchen. Just brilliant. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Kissing in the Kitchen, then. Where, where did that come from? I mean, that's, again, man, that's a true story. A lot, I feel like, especially in the country world, and, and true for me anyway, is I, the, the most honest and true messages come across the strongest. And, yeah, that was a true story. I um, So I'm engaged to um, a woman that I've been with for almost 11 years. And there was there was a time for us, which I feel like is is very common for many people after X number of years where you just kind of say, I don't know if this is going to work or not. And you kind of take that break. And that's that's what Kissing in the Kitchen was. And that was a that was a true story where essentially I moved to Los Angeles from where we lived and she moved to San Diego. And we were just like, all right, you know, if, if it works, then it'll work. And if not, then that's OK, too. And, and then I forgot what, I forgot where we were, but we were at home in a kitchen. And I think, I think it was one of her friends was over and we were kind of in this, like, I don't know, we're together, but not together type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then her friend was just like, oh, you know, well, I know y'all are saying you're not together, but like, here you are kissing in the kitchen. And then we just kind of laughed about it. And I was like, I mean, that is true. So that was kind of the, the overarching theme there is like, all right, you know, we weren't really going to do this. And then now it's like, I don't know, we're, we're kissing in the kitchen. So I'm not sure. Maybe maybe we are doing this, you know? Yeah, that's that was what that was all about. That's awesome. I mean, it is a relatable because everyone has their ups and downs. You know, we all have arguments. You know, we all have those moments where you just think this isn't going to work. But it's always a it's up to you both to kind of you know i say you both in a generic term for everybody out there you know if you're in a relationship and you find it's not working you either make it work or you say you know let let bygones be bygones and you go your separate ways and sometimes you do fall into the middle like yourself you know you fall into that bit where you move to two different locations and somehow it just still manages to to happen it's it's kind of romantic in a way it is i think yeah man i i think it is i i definitely think it is go on then so without embarrassing your other half what are kind of like the main arguments that you two would have to kind of make you think oh well this isn't worth it oh my gosh um I mean, honestly, there's a lot that had to do with music, you know, just like it's a it's demanding of a partner, you know, to tell somebody, hey, look, like every dollar I ever make is going to just get poured into this vacuum called music. And then we're just going to hope and pray that I hit it big and you're just going to have to be okay with that. (laughs) And that was a that was a difficult thing, man. I feel like that's a super underrated part of the story that people don't dig into you know if that makes sense like i feel like people don't really know that 
as as what it is because everybody knows i yell like artists work really hard and and hope for the best and you know whatever but i don't think people really recognize that you know it's a it's a sacrifice for everybody not just you you know yeah no exactly when, when i when i was touring um when <laughs> so after once we had gotten back together and like we were moving into a place in san diego right we were moving into this house and i we moved in on i i, I want to say it was a, a thursday or friday and 6 a.m that morning i left for nashville uh to go record uh kissing in the kitchen and that was just like it's a frustrating thing man you've got this house that we just moved into there's boxes everywhere and that's usually something that you want to do as a team of like all right let's break these down and like put things out and like make this house into a home and i was just like all right like i gotta go and then i <laughs> came back and it was just like this man i don't know i that's kind of the theme that has run over the years that she's she's a really strong woman and very smart strong educated woman and she puts up with me for some reason but it's it's tough it's definitely tough that's awesome that is and music can unite people and divide people it's it's something else I mean, one of the phrases I like to use, you know, when it comes to becoming a musician or those that are thinking about it is it's probably one of the world's most expensive hobbies because there's so much that's got to oh go God. into it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. I mean, because yeah, you can go crazy. You can go for months and months or even years and not earn enough to make a living off music. And a lot of people don't realize that. I think, oh, we'll just we'll just get this music for free and download it, you know, illegally, and not realize what they're actually doing. But you, as an sure. artist, you've got so much to think about. You know, when it comes to releasing music, you've got your distribution, you've got your actual making the music. You know, your studio times, any musicians that you need in there. You know, state uh, studio musicians. You need um, all the producers or any mixing engineers to deal with it, and then there's the whole time that's taken because nobody thinks about the time it takes time to write a song that's, it takes time to write the music big thing man you know whereas everyone else is out there working you could be in a you know in a small dark room writing for hours and hours and hours and thinking where is this going and then not come out with anything or the opposite end of the spectrum might come out with a thousand songs but you don't want to cut them yet because it's not the right time yeah yeah no it, it's that's that's very true that's a really good way to put it it's it really the time is i feel like what what's the the real killer there you know because like if and that's another thing that people don't always know when you're not a we'll say like huge country artist in, in my case like you, you still work a normal nine to five and then you you pack you get up you know at five o'clock in the morning to pack the car with all of your gear for that show then you go work all day then you drive straight to the gig and set up and then you play for three hours and then you pack it back in and bring it back home and then you still have to answer emails you still have to like follow up with people you still have to be posting on your socials and then it's like i'm already ready to fall asleep because i have to get up and do it again tomorrow it's like it's a lot it's exactly definitely a lot and I mean, I'll use this as an example. I mean, it's 6 a.m. right there where you are and it's two o'clock here. You know, this is the only kind of time that I had personally. 
and similar for yourself you know with having to go to work and when we do these kind of interviews or chats or conversations you know to have particularly when there's such a big time zone difference you know that can be a big thing as well you know trying to organize that and now you're going to end up going to work hopefully not too tired sure sure (laughs) and that was the thing like last night being uh release day today you know I was up to like one in the morning and I was looking at my clock and I was just like, I have to be up in like four hours. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that you make time for what you want to make time for. And, exactly. And you make, you sacrifice what you need to sacrifice. So, you know, you got to cut the fat and that's part of being an artist is uh, deciding what's worth keeping on the docket and what's worth knocking it off or pushing it, you know? Exactly. How was release night then? How how what was the excitement like? Was he excited? Was he nervous? Yeah, yeah. Um, really excited. I feel like this was uh, this was the first time that I really had this kind of response to a release um, where I, gosh, man, marketing is just is its own monster, um, but. I, I feel like I hit it really hard this time. And I, you know, reached out to everybody like individually by name in DMs and asked for their support, you know, and that's sending out a thousand of those messages can take a lot of time and a lot of like mental energy, but it ended up really paying off, man. I think we ended up with around 250 pre-saves, which is not, which in the big scheme of things does not seem like the, the most ever possible but i think for me as like an unsigned artist having 250 people actually go click a link and log into spotify and be like yes we want to support you and i had friends that were hitting me up they were like hey i just created a spotify account just so i could pre-save it and i thought that was like the coolest thing man like yeah it was it was a really overwhelming response i'm really excited about it it's actually um it's on the or the radio right now out in New Zealand and um yeah Galaxy 107 out there uh there's some cool folks and and they've been they've been playing it so yeah man I'm really hoping to get some some more play uh worldwide and in the, in the states so now that it's actually out the real work begins and and you know that so now I'm I'm definitely going to be playing it on my shows because I absolutely love both. I've I've said this before, but I love kissing in the kitchen and all aboard, and I I appreciate that. I really want everyone else to hear this because it is just genuinely, genuinely amazing, and Thank it deserves you. all the success it gets. I mean, two hundred you know two hundred fifty pre saves is amazing. It's it's fantastic, particularly yeah. for an unsigned yeah, artist. I know I've known it artists is. that have got sixty pre saves and they're ecstatic. Each person sure, that pre saves sure. a song, each individual person that pre saves a song, is special in their own way. Because particularly for an unsigned artist or those that aren't signed to these big labels or those that are just trying to make it, you know, from the start up, you know, it it's it's not just what they've done for that past month, two month, three month. It's what people have been doing for their lifetimes, and to finally sure. get recognition from 250 people different people that could be around the world it could be anywhere yeah yeah is great and it's one of the reasons why i wanted to make sure we got on a chat on this show 
soon as possible was because the fact of how personable you was in the DMs. And I like people like that, you know, that show the hustle, that show the determination and the drive. And my hat, if I was wearing one, goes off to you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think just if I could say one thing to other artists and, and other creative people that are that are looking for support is uh personal like personal messages are key because nobody wants to open their phone and just see like hello like ex member of my fan club like <laughs> this is what i'm doing and this is what i need from you goodbye like i feel like that's one way to like turn people off so you know if you really actually sit down and glance at each individual person as an individual and kind of approach the conversation that way it takes a hell of a lot longer but it goes a lot further that you know i'm investing in you you're investing in me and i think that goes a long way so i definitely recommend that approach the uh personable rep- uh, approach for people now in terms it's so soon to say because all the boards only just come out but in terms of songwriting and like future plans, have you have you got like a kind of a guide that you're wanting to achieve for the rest of say the year 2020, 2021, 2022? Sure. Or is there, you know, what what's happening? Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, obviously uh, All Aboard just came out today. And then um, I've got another one in the pipeline that uh, I just got the the final mix back last night, actually, ironically, for um, a song that we haven't really announced uh, what it is, but I, I will tell you, it's, it's a song called Dear California. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one, man. I, I, I've got this song, Dear California, and then I've got another tune that I that I don't want to share yet, but <laughs> that that is also in the pipeline. So hopefully we've got, you know, over the next six months, hopefully at least another two tracks, um, two or three, um, I'm really hoping, and uh, maybe even some sort of uh, culmination of an EP. So. Ooh, yeah. EP, the big word there. <laughs> Hey, I know, I know. It, yeah, it'll probably end up being, you know, four or five songs, a few that are released and a few that are new. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's it'll be it'll be really fun, man. I'm really looking forward to to this period of time that that's coming up. I feel like I feel like if we make some really strong moves right now and play our cards right. I feel like we can we can get where we're going. So now, in terms of how long have you been songwriting for? Oh man, I've been probably 12 years, 12, 13 years. When you compare songwriting now, as opposed to 12 years ago, how far do you think you've gone? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think when you start writing at, you know, 13, 14, I I mean, the the songs that come out of that are not going to be fantastic. (laughs) I will say that. yeah i've definitely i've definitely come a long way over the years um i just feel like maybe in the past five years i've kind of hit this stride where i'm not sitting down trying to be like how do i write a song it's more of like what do i actually want to say and then the rest just happens yeah you know it's kind of like when you when you've played guitar for you know 12 13 
14, 15 years. Um, my my timeline is horrible, but I think I've been playing for about fifteen years, <laughs> uh, if not if not more. But um, that kind of becomes an extension of you, you know, and less of like, all right, G chord, E minor, you know, like mm-hmm. rather than just holding the guitar and really thinking about that, it's kind of more of just like, all right, what's the vibe? All right, here's a progression that I can at least write to and and potentially change later. And then it's like, all right, what's the message? What am I trying to say? All right, here's the message, and then just kind of crafts itself at, at a certain point, you know. So you you have the music first, and then you add the lyrics on top and layer it that way. No, no, I, and I think that's kind of, I think when it comes to any songwriter, that's like a general misconception that people do one or the other. It's yeah. kind of a mix i feel like for almost everybody it's gonna be a mix of the two you know i i'll i'll be working and i'll grab my phone and just like hum a melody into notes or or into like a a voice memo or i'll like be sitting there and i'll be like oh you know what this phrase i really like the way this is sitting with me and i'll just jot it down in notes and then later i'll come out and play it so sometimes lyrics come first sometimes melody and then i mean shoot sometimes you're playing guitar and you're just like oh that's wicked like we could we could write to that you know what do i got (laughs) what what kind of smelting pot can we end up with you know that's that's the one thing that i wanted you to say you know in terms of you know nothing nothing's ever done the same way you know you can't pigeonhole you know, writing or playing music first in that kind of category. But what I'm really interested in now is hearing your phone, basically having like a, a fly on the walls look into your phone. I know I'm not going to make you do it because that's extremely <laughs> harsh, but, you know, that's something I'd love to do is just to see artists' phones, see the notes page, see the voice recordings, oh, and yeah. hear the, you know, three o'clock, three o'clock mumblings. Going, oh, 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 oh. And I have this, <laughs> I have this demo, man, that, that I did when we were on tour, um, probably in 2018, I think. And it's me, so it's a song that I've been working on for a while. And uh, like the working title is Middle of July, right? And um, and it's something that, that I've had bouncing around for a while. And I'm sitting there in this audio recording and my, my drummer, who is just an absolute snoring machine, was just going ham in the background, snoring so loud. And it's, but the funniest thing about this voice memo is like, I don't even address it. I'm literally just like, all right, capo two, G minor, C, D. And I just like start strumming through it and like kind of sing song like over it. Okay, then this, 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 and this, and this is what I'm thinking. And you just hear this dude like, <laughs> in the background of this recording so like someday when i release that song i'm also going to um make parts of that little work tape available just because of how hilarious that was to me oh and if only you could sample more it. of the non-glorified version of this is what songwriting really looks like sitting up at two in the morning everybody's snoring and you're just like god dude i'm just trying to record this man come on if only you could just take, you know, an audio clip of the snoring and just sample it somehow, just gently into like the bass line of the music. Just right. <laughs> just just take that little snore and then we're gonna pitch it up times twenty and we're gonna bury it in the hi hats. Exactly. That's what we're gonna do, man. <laughs> exactly. That is that is ultimate. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be a fun Easter egg. 
Now, when it comes to differentiating between, you know, songwriting in terms of getting your emotions out there or for those, you know, for writing as like a character, you know, do you have like a defined balance between, you know, whether you're writing from your own personal experiences or from a character's point of view, or do you just do like one of each or a mixture of everything? Yeah. Um, I think it's actually, that's kind of a difficult thing. One, like a songwriting exercise that's pretty common, um, is for people to actually pretend they are someone else and write from that perspective. And that's always been really difficult for me. Um, like is let's say as a songwriter writing a song that would be cut as for me uh writing a song that would be cut from a female and like writing from that perspective i feel like that's always been really hard for me man like just just because i can't like i said i feel like with my music i i try to be so absolutely raw and honest that if the place i'm coming from isn't organic and honest and raw then what i end up with is just crap usually like just like ah this is a formulaic song and it might do okay but it's just Mm -hmm. like it doesn't hit you in the nuts the way that all aboard does you know what i mean yeah no exactly i get i I am the character i have to write from (laughs) now i'm curious so you're pretend as a songwriting exercise you're pretending you're someone else you just mentioned that you might write as say a female version of yourself so let, let's build this character up. So your female version of yourself, what's your female name? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I, I definitely don't do that. For <laughs> sure. um, You're telling me in I your mean, mind, you don't have this image of a woman acting this song or pretending they're doing this in life. No, not even, not even when I write from that, that perspective. It's really, I guess when i do when i write from like a female perspective i kind of almost feel like i still write as my own character just like what what would a female feel like in this instance which i don't actually know and i feel like that's that's one thing that is really funny about a lot of pop music and and i'll never like you know talk complete crap on any specific genre but (laughs) in pop you know there's a lot of male dominated writing songs from females and you can you can kind of taste it Mm -hmm. you know like when you hear something you're like no female said that like nobody's thinks like that Mm -hmm. you know and I, i feel like that's kind of a a funny scenario but i feel like you can taste especially as a songwriter and i feel like most people too like you can taste the authenticity of a of a song if it sounded like it was written as like a a, in a think room you know where you got a bunch of people writing like how can we how can we write this song that we really have to do about trucks and then there's like the then then there's the honest approach of like okay how can i write this song that really tells the story about a very specific truck that i have in my mind and that was kind of this one of the songs that i have coming out pretty soon I always end up sitting back, looking back at the lyrics and being like, wow, like 98% of this is true. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the, that's the key. And that's why it's difficult for me to write from other perspectives. Cause I just miss out on the most important ingredient and that's authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, you need to be able to 
relate to it because at the end of the day, you've got to perform that on stage. And if you don't vibe with it, how can the audience vibe with you? Sure, sure. You know, it's a difficult, yeah, it's a difficult thing, particularly. I mean, some people it come nat- it comes naturally where they can create a, you know, a make believe land like a fairy tale and write a song from that, which is great, and mm-hmm. it it hits in a different way, you know. Whereas authentic songs, where you know you you know the backstory. This is one of the reasons why I like doing this show, is hearing about these authentic stories and putting pieces together to form a song. It's like all aboard for me now hit in a completely new way right in the go yeah 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 it's totally different because there's just so much i feel like that's the that's the thing for me too is when i listen to a song i try to listen to what's not there yeah so like i feel like the abstract space of what wasn't said is just as important as what was and i feel like getting a better understanding of that you know like i one of the one of my favorite things to do is um you know there's there's a few songwriters that i really really look up to and um and one of those will for for this for the sake of this conversation one one of the biggest ones for me is is jason isbell and i think jason's just one of the best songwriters of all time and what i often try to do is after letting a song resonate with me for a while, sometimes even in a couple of years, I will go look for the story. Like I will go try to find that hole in the wall interview that he did. And that's on somebody's phone. That's on YouTube under some weird cryptic thing. And I'm just like, ah, that's the story. Cause like it takes on a new life. And, and that's kind of the beautiful thing about music is it can be the actual explicit story that somebody is telling or there's this crazy backstory and then there's kind of a middle ground of what it is to you, you yeah. know, cause all aboard is, is something very specific to me, but I think the average listener without knowing the backstory is going to hear it and it's going to mean something different to them. And they're going to see themselves in it, in it, their own unique way, which is actually one of the really cool things about being an artist and songwriter. And, and that whole idea is like, it's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And and that's okay. I think I think that's good for people to feel that way. Well, that's always the benefit of music is it's not only just a release for yourself to get out whatever's in your mind and whatever the troubles are or whatever you know grievances you've had in the past or any issues that you've sure. had. It's a great way of expelling it out, you know, getting it out into the air, getting it out into the open and out to the world. But it also allows other people to take hold of that and connect with it in a completely astrological way in a sense you know people connect with it emotionally you know physically you know words that make people cry you know things that make people laugh you know we all react in certain ways and it's like my very first statement today about the harmonica it hit me and it really does have that train vibe and it hits you like a train and i loved it and straight away when i heard that my smile i had a massive smile on my face and you know, it's the little tiny quirky things within a song that does it. And like what you said with that kind of absence of words, you know, people can connect with that as well because they do, like you, you know, like you say, you know, they do fill in those voids. It's like colouring in between the lines. You know, people put whatever colour they want in there. Sure, sure, sure. 
Yeah, no, totally. And I think another thing too that that's really an underrated thing is the how do you say this? So I feel like the producer of a song is an equal part in the storytelling. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand too, is there's, when you find a producer, you're not just looking for somebody that can pull together your vision. I mean, you are, but, but that's not it. Like you also want somebody who can take on their own vision of like, if we're on the same page, I want to be able to give a producer free reign to like get, just do what you think and then like send it to me and then we'll talk about it and we'll go from there rather than me being like, all right. And then I want the drums to be like this. And then I want like, there's, there's certain things that I definitely want to maintain control over. But I think when you work with a really talented producer, it almost just like, I I swear, man, when I get the first mix back of these tracks, oftentimes I'm just like, takes my breath away just like hearing the way that it was sculpted you know yeah. daniel dennis is um daniel dennis is is my producer he's out in nashville and that man is so talented it's unreal and just pulling together a team of winners is like is another thing in itself you know um john Connolly um plays the guitar for kenny chesney and luke combs he actually played guitar on on both tracks um that that you've heard that are mine and the man just the, he's a burning guitarist man the dude's just smoking and yeah and so every time i hear his slide game especially just like leaves me speechless and like in this in this one you know all aboard uh, the keys and like that that organ kind of vibe that's lee turner from you know darius rucker's band and Dude, I swear, man, just these guys that when you find the right team to pull something like this together and it it's something special, man. I it's it's really something else. It, this song sounded nothing like this six years ago when I pulled it together. Like Isn't it magical? And, and it's crazy, man. It's it's really inspiring and exciting too, because I could bring something so raw to the table and then end up with something so polished and like ready to go, you know? I mean, it's it's beautiful in a sense of the fact that, like you said there, you know, you have something raw to then become so polished. The fact that in their minds, you know, they, they've got this idea of how the song's going. And then for you to get that back and you say, this is great, you know, this is amazing, this is however it is, means that they've tapped into your emotions, which means your lyric writing and your songwriting comes through crystal clear. Because... If it doesn't, oh, yeah. then there's going to be a lot of reworks. Oh, you need to change it this way. Or can you increase the pitch on this? Or, you know, that's a bit too high. Can you lower it down? You know, it, it, there's a kind of commonality between, you know, you're this connection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's there's a lot of players that people don't recognize. Like in, in this specific case, the song was, in my opinion, excellent. And I, and I really liked the way that it came together. But then... So there's a dude, um, his name is Luke uh, Pimentel, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, Pimentel. But either way, he's the he's the mastering engineer. And I just got to say, man, it went from in my head being like a, a nine to a 10, just in the mastering process of like, again, capturing emotion, capturing that like, you know, the attack, the 
the release, like the, the compression, I feel like you have to have a team that really works together. And, yeah, you know, um, when Daniel was mixing, he didn't want to, he knew he knows Luke's style and he, he knew going into it that he didn't want to like over compress the mix and then send it to Luke. And it's just completely squashed with no dynamic, you know, like mm-hmm. he was playing that long game. And, and I think having a person that you trust and that sees the vision and understands along each step of the way is, is like vital to the life of a song that people often are just like, Oh, he wrote a song and then recorded it. And this is what it sounds like, but there's so much more <laughs> to it. You know, it's, it's a lot there. There's exactly. Just there. No, exactly. I mean, you know, I've, I've worked on charity singles and stuff in the past. And when you hear the, when you hear the final kind of like mix before it goes mastering, it's at one level. And the mastering itself, you know, whether you make it sound bright, whether you make it sound a bit lower or duller, you know, de- depending on the emotion of the song, you know, there's so much that goes into it that can that can affect the overall feel of the song. If it's not done right, then it does bring it down. So it's finding those right key people to get it right, like you say. And all aboard, and I've, I've said this so many times during this chat, all aboard and kissing in the kitchen are just so great just brilliant nailed them i appreciate that man i i really i really do appreciate that and i'm really excited for you to hear the next couple because i think i think they're there's something else it, I'm, I'm really excited man i'm well, really looking forward to the next few months when the next few tracks come out, what we're going to do is we're going to organize another chat because there's so much more I want to go into. It has been great chatting with you. Yeah, likewise, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. I really had a good time chatting with you. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Tyler Ray Country. So that's um, just T-Y-L-E-R-R-A-Y-C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Brilliant. Well, I urge everybody to check you out because you are genuinely genuinely so raw and so powerful in your songwriting and just your musical abilities so people please check out tyler absolutely fantastic i appreciate that brother thank you so much that was the country chat podcast join dom next time for exclusive interviews reviews and general chit chats on all things country music